It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 435 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called Immortal Blessing. It is November 24, 2023, and this is Jen. And I've pulled together a bunch of different things that all relate to Diablo stuff in general. The first one I want to start with here is from the Diablo forums, and the topic was Treasure Goblin WTF, and I think this is ridiculously funny, so I'm going to read you some of this. So I'm going to use, I don't know if I should use people's names in here or not, so I'm just going to say first person, second person, whatever. First person says, I just saw a treasure goblin, so I used Bounding Slam. The treasure goblin lost HP and then went immune, parentheses, its HP bar grayed out, end of parentheses, and then just went poof, disappeared. Second poster says, more like trash goblin, they don't ever have anything good anyway, so you didn't miss out. Third person says, if you approach a treasure goblin while mounted, they insta get spooked and go immune. There are two replies to that one. And uh, it's the first poster said, no, they don't. I've killed many this way. Yes, most of the time the loot is trash, but on occasions I've got uniques. And the third person kind of is backing up his position. First uh, original poster um, has that there. There's someone else jumping in that says it's not related to mounted attacks. It's just a random event or more likely a bug. I was grinding overworld yesterday, says this poster, on horseback for plants and ores for a long time. Came across about 15 loot goblins, had crazy luck, all attacked from horseback and unengaged previously. 13 of them did their little run until dead. Two of them just went instagray and yeeted to Dimension X. And another one says, Treasure Goblin TG. Treasure Goblins is what this person is trying to say. Our trollies have never dropped anything worth of value. Then we got another person. Happens often. A goblin is a map away and you see it on minimal for 30 seconds. Time doesn't matter. But when you go to it, they are immune and then disappear almost instantly. It appears random, but it also appears to be a bug. And now we're going back and forth between some of the people that had already said stuff. There's another one in here. Goblins and Butcher are insta-skip. Nothing worth it. And I'm just looking at this going, how did we end up with an entire discussion on the Diablo forums about treasure goblins and everybody being so cranky about it, you know, and it's kind of doing the, um, oh yeah, they're trash, they don't do anything, no, it works, get on a horse, you can do it, yeah, I did it on a horse, I didn't get all of them, you know, it's just like, why, why people, it's just treasure goblins, I mean, come on, you know, the only time I've ever had good luck with treasure goblins in Diablo 4 is, um, wait, was it Diablo 4 or was it, no, it was Diablo 3 and where there, there's still those portals you can jump through as far as I know. And I went into one of the portals and killed a bunch of monsters and I could hear all the little treasure goblin laughing, but it wasn't D4, it was D3 and I killed a bunch of them. They didn't have a whole lot for me, but you know, whatever. And I just, I just find this hysterically funny that people are this worked up about treasure goblins, you know? I mean, seriously, like, I'll chase them if I can, but I often, you know, get stuck in a mob in between. 
and then they run away and you know that kind of thing at least in d4 it's a lot easier for me to get treasure goblins in diablo 3 than d4 how about you i have no idea it's just such a weird topic to just start off with so i'm like okay this needs to be said i've also got uh, throughout this i've got articles from wowhead and I've got an article from Maxroll and from Blizzard Watch and some other stuff in here too. So this one is from Wowhead and it is titled Heroes of the Storm Mephisto Concept Art Spotted in Diablo 4 Video. This was posted four days ago by Therid. I'll read you a little bit of that. There is artwork here that you can check out and a video that looks very similar to the artwork. And everything I talk about will be posted on ShatteredSoulStone.com on Saturdays generally speaking, and you can check out all the art and things like that if you're interested in any of these things, really. All right, so today Blizzard released a Diablo music compilation video. In that video, an image of Mephisto can be seen for a split second and not just any image. It is based on Mephisto's concept art for Heroes of the Storm. Is this yet another sign? And there is definitely a video here, which I'm going to guess is from YouTube, called Cathedral of Hatred Emanations of Sanctuary. I have no idea what it sounds like because I didn't check it out yet, but it's there. It exists. To continue, as part of their ongoing efforts to highlight Diablo's universe as a whole, Blizzard published a video called Cathedral of Hatred Emanations of Sanctuary, showcasing a particularly hateful selection of Diablo 4 soundtrack pieces. At multiple moments during the three-hour video, a character silhouette can be seen in the clouds on the right, and there's definitely a face over on that side. There's like a sort of a castle with a red light coming through it and blood all around it like it's on a little island by itself and it's creepy looking and it's very very Diablo 4 and off to the side yeah that could be Mephisto it's just hard to tell because it's kind of blurry and it doesn't stay long apparently so to continue uh, I think it was Therid that wrote this right yep Therid said this uh, after some digging we have found out that the image looks a lot like the official concept art for a certain character named Mephisto the big horns the bone collar the shoulder spikes the breastplate the heart shape on his forehead. Both images look very similar. They may not come off as a surprise looking at the fact that Vessel of Hatred, Diablo 4's first expansion, which will be released next year, will re will revolve around the Lord of Hatred and his evil doings. However, the source of this particular piece of concept art is certainly much more interesting. It is drawn by Luke Mancini, former senior artist who had created tons of art pieces and designs for multiple Blizzard franchises. In this case, the concept art was made for Mephisto in Heroes of the Storm, where the Lord of Hatred was released as a hero over five years ago. And uh, there's some pictures in there about it. Personally, I, I know from what I watched of the BlizzCon thing talking about upcoming stuff with Diablo 4 and, you know, you, you hear Mephisto's voice and Narelle was some of the concept art and things like that. I think... Maybe this isn't a coincidence that they just so happen to have Mephisto art from someone for Heroes of the Storm, and now they're trying to, like, stick it together in, like, a three-hour, like, music video, I guess. Um, it's kind of weird, but that's apparently what they're doing. X, formerly known as Twitter, that's how I'm going to say it forever. A lot of news sites are doing that now, I've noticed that. 
there's a post about Diablo Immortal, and it says this at the top of it. Something dark and unruly lies deep in the souls of humanity. Stir your sinful inclinations and unleash savagery with the Season 20 Battle Pass, live now until 1221 in Diablo Immortal. Prepare for 40 ranks of challenges and rewards, including crests, hilts, and more. And it's called Unholy Passengers. And... This one is creepy. I was, there's a video. Um, I'll put it in the show notes again. But it seems to have, you know, a character who is screaming as a green sort of wraith kind of thing, but not like the wraiths you see in Diablo 4. It's like the embodiment of someone's soul more clearly as a human just rising out of this, you know, character's, I don't know, abdomen, I guess. And... It's probably going to be really weird, and I might try it. I actually started playing Diablo Immortal again because I was felt like I was missing out on stuff. I don't usually feel like, oh, I need to get all the things, but you know, it was Thanksgiving, and uh, you know, we Sean and I had Thanksgiving here at home, and it was just really nice and calm and chill. And so after that, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to play some Diablo Immortal, and I went through a series of quests that I thought would be lot a lot, lot shor- shorter than I was anticipating, and uh, played until my hands started to hurt really bad, because I have fibromyalgia, and it makes problems for my hands when I try to play video games for a long time, and I kept going and stuff like that. I didn't record it, because I didn't think I was going to do very well, and that was kind of true, but the storyline was super fun and interesting, and I play a barbarian in Diablo Immortal, and a lot of the stuff that had to do with the series of quests I was going on had to do with barbarians. So that was kind of neat. I don't know how old that content is. I don't think I completely finished it. No, I'm sure I didn't completely finish it because... No, I think I did. I went back to the town where some of the quests originated from and then my tablet crashed. So I'll probably have to get back in at some point and see what's what with that. But this season 20 unholy passengers thing looks really gruesome and I'm probably going to give that a try if I have the energy to do so. Over on Wowhead, we have an article titled Best Abattoir of Xur Builds for Diablo 4 Season 2, a tier list. It was posted 10 hours ago by Arctane. And if you've seen the video for Season 2, it's got one of those gruesome sort of zombie-looking kind of things coming up at you in a a screenshot-type thing. So here's what's written here. Season 2 of Diablo 4 has seen countless vampires slain and lots of uberdurial kills, but soon a new challenge will appear in the beginning of December. The Abattoir of Zur Endgame event will push many builds to their breaking point and some well beyond. If you're looking to climb the tiers of the Abattoir of Zur, we've got you covered, says um, who wrote this? Arctane on Wowhead. We've ranked our favorite endgame builds from least suitable to the best to help you clench the clear clench the clear <laughs> on those time tight timers okay whether you're trying to weigh your options between some of your favorite play styles or looking for a real powerhouse to blast past the timers our end game build tier list will have you back ranked meticulous have your back sorry ranked meticulously on damage versatility and overall efficiency of current meta and favorite builds this tier list will elevate your play and make you more than prepared to slay everything thrown your way in the abattoir of Zerm. to see the full list you got to click a link in this article for more information 
So the first thing they show on Wowhead in this article is the S-tier list, best Diablo 4 builds for Abattoir of Xur. And it says what class they are and what type of build this is. So, for example, there's the HOTA Barbarian, there's an Infirmist Necromancer, an Upheaval Barbarian, an Omnistorm Necromancer, a Pulverized Druid, another couple, three Druid builds I can see right here. There's a Twisting Blades Rogue, there's a Bone Spear Necromancer, and some other stuff in there. So if that's something you have been playing and you want to keep going, you might be able to take a look at that and figure it out. There are links to specific uh lists if you want to just look at certain things. Here's some description. This Abattoir of Xur tier list is based off information current to Diablo 4 patch 1.2.2 and all currently available information. Given that Blizzard has frequently pushed out hotfixes and patch notes, we will adjust the list as needed once that information has been announced. Your favorites may move up or down in the ranking, but this tier list is intended to give players an idea of the options they have for the season. We're not surprised to see some of these options in the S tier category with HOTA Barb proving to be monstrous in damage, as well as Ball Lightning Sorcerers and the ever-dependable Twisting Blades Rogue. Other strong choices can be found in the A tier, but if you don't see the particular build you had in mind, don't fret. Check out the full tier list to see where your favorites fall. And then there's they're asking you know, like to click on one of these links to find it out. So one of them is just the Abattoir of Xur build tier list Diablo 4. Uh, there's a guide for that as well. There's a target farming uniques in Diablo 4 and then the vampiric powers guide. And um, I've gone through, I've been playing a lot of Diablo 4. Most of my videos are still like sitting on my computer and I haven't put them up on YouTube yet. But they'll get there eventually and some of them might not be as good. I always like review them and be like, eh, do I really want to put that up? But most of them are like, okay, this was fine. I just kind of feel like I... In general, I just kind of find stuff, and if I feel like it works for the class I'm playing, then I'm like, all right, I'm going with this. But I think if you're going to do the whole Abattoir of Xur, you probably do need, like, the best possible build you can find. And I don't know how far I'll get. I'm kind of stuck in Chapter 3 of the Season Journey in D4, and we'll just see how things go. If you also want to know more about boss loot table cheat sheet kind of stuff. This is written by Dreadsythe on Maxroll. The people at Maxroll do amazing things, and Dreadsythe's really good at explaining stuff. So here's a little bit about what he wrote on November 21st of this year about Season 2 uh, Blood. That's what it says. With the introduction of new bosses, we decided to create this Boss Loot Table Cheat Sheet, a quick, easy reference sheet for all five bosses with embeds of all the gear that's tied to each boss. Be sure to favorite it to come back to once you get into World Tiers 3 and 4 and can start tackling them. And then there's a bunch of boss guides you can click on if you'd like to know about each of them. So the first one here is Echo of Varshan. And it has uh, the things you should probably be using for different classes. And uh, there's also one about non-specific, non-class specific uniques. So it's all the classes, Barbarian, Druid, Necromancer, Sorcerer, non-class specific uniques. Is there a rogue in here? There is, I missed it. It's there though, it is there. There's uh, malignant rings that are new that they pulled from season one that are supposed to do stuff for you in season two. There is Grigor, the Galvanic Saint. And this is a really strange looking boss in my opinion, because it kind of has this like, like my family is Catholic. I don't follow any religion whatsoever, but um, my family is Catholic. And this one, this um, 
the galvanic saint. He's holding up like a weapon that could have like I don't know. It looks like something that might be used if uh, the church was a little less flamboyant or a little. Well, it's a lot more flamboyant than the church would use. And he's got like this this crown around his head and a skull for a face. And I'm like, this is just like you know fantasy Catholicism or something like that. It's, he's a saint. I don't know if there's even a Grigor the you know saint. I have no idea, but. There we are, and then there's a list of builds you can use for different classes in Diablo 4. The Beast in the Ice, that one is, uh, let's see, I don't even know what that one is. It's got uh, wings and ice on its wings, and it's holding a giant sword. It's a gray-green photo kind of thing, and then you can just like go through and see which class you want to do and what you want to do. And then there's Lord Zur, who seems to have a long cloak that looks regal in some ways. He's definitely a vampire. He's got a crown on his head. He's bleeding all over the place, and he's got this weird collar sort of around his neck. And then there's the builds for that that you can do. There's also Duriel, King of Maggots. Um, when I was playing Diablo 4 recently-ish, um, there was people that were in the chat off to the side somewhere. And they either wanted to like trade items with people or they were looking for more people to do the Duriel one. And I remember distinctly some guy got on there and said, hey, we need one or two more people for the Duriel fight. And, you know, hopefully you've done it before because we are not going to carry you. I'm like, well, you're not going to get anybody that way. You know what I mean? It just seemed kind of idiotic to be like already telling people, well, we don't want you if you can't do what we do already. It's like, how are they going to learn? You know what I mean? But people are kind of weird in video games fairly often. But Doriel is the king of maggots and he is entirely green with some red on him and uh, that sort of thing. So that's how to uh, get that. There's um, a lot of items that are non-specific class uniques that you could use for that particular fight. And there's also uber uniques, and it's got descriptions on that. In summary, according to Dreadscythe, who always knows what he's doing, in my opinion, he does really well. Each boss has a specific loot table with higher chances of dropping certain uniques. Some bosses have over overlapping items. Check to see if your required item is one to get the most out of your daily activities. Duriel is the only boss that can drop uber uniques. Going over to Blizzard Watch. Blizzard Watch, as you may know, uh, writes about Warcraft, Diablo, Hearthstone, Overwatch, game lore, podcasts, all this kind of stuff. And they're having a bit of trouble. So this was written by Elizabeth Harper, and the article is titled, Blizzard Watch Needs Your Help. And she goes by at uh, Fayance, F-A-I-E-N-C-E. I don't know if I said that right. So here's what she wrote. Blizzard Watch is here because of your support. Literally, your generosity allowed us to launch this site in 2015, and your continuing support over the years has kept the site going, letting us keep the servers online and pay our staff, but that may not be the case for much longer. Our Patreon support is at its lowest level to date at just $3,121 a month before fees, and while ad revenue has allowed us to keep the site online, over the summer we lost our ad partner, which is why you've been seeing an oddball mix of 
advertising on the site lately. Unfortunately, these ads pay significantly less and have left the site operating at a loss. To turn things around, we're currently searching for new ad partners and investigating ads for our podcasts, and we've made cutbacks to allow the site to operate on a more limited budget. I have hopes we'll be successful, but with the overall ad market softening, it's hard to say how successful we'll be. I can only tell you we're doing our best. This is why I'm here asking for your help. If you listen to our podcast, you've heard this before, but your support helps this community thrive and grow, letting us to keep writing posts and producing podcasts. Like I said at the top of this post, Blizzard Watch exists because of you and any support you can offer, even if it's just moral support, helps us keep the site going. Well, moral support mostly keeps us going, but we keep the site going so it works out the same. We need to bring our Patreon up to $5,000 a month and improve our ad revenue to keep the site running as it has been. We're already working to secure better ads for the site, but your support will help us hit our goal. If we surpass our 5K goal, the extra support will go into improving the site. I know that's a huge number, which is why I hope you'll help us out. You can donate to Patreon by November 30 so that they can keep creating things. And this is a group of people that are very, very passionate about Blizzard games. And they know a lot of the lore and they're very interested in kind of uh, theory crafting. Like, well, what if this had happened instead kind of thing? And they're just really good people overall. I haven't listened to all of their podcasts because let's face it, I'm sick all the time. So it's really hard for me to keep up with everything. But if you want to like help out like an indie essentially podcast slash uh, writing about Blizzard games kind of thing. Now would be a good time. And, uh, you know, you can help them out. I'd hate to see this site disappear just because things are going weird with ads like all over the place, including, you know, X slash Twitter. There's a lot of problem with ads over there. And I won't go into that any further, but you may have heard about some things. But yeah, these are good people, and I know they love what they do, and I'd love to help keep them going. So if you can afford, you know, whatever you need for the Patreon, you know, just send that over, and I think they'll all just, like, feel better. Again, at Wowhead, we have uh, Mother's Blessing Buff Fixed. It was done a Diablo 4 patch 1.2.2. It's hotfix number five for Mother's Blessing Buff Fixed. Written four days ago by Jez Astaros, and you have a lovely picture of Lilith looking, well, as Lilith does. She has that expression. It says, Blizzard has released a hotfix that allows the Mother's Blessing buff to grant the full 35% experience and gold bonus. There is a thing you can click on because it's now live. And Blizzard wrote this, hotfix 5 November 2023. 1.2.2 bug fixes fixed an issue where the Mother's Blessing event was only granting 25% instead of 35% bonus experience and gold. This now grants the correct amounts. Developers note, the tooltip in-game will continue to say 25% instead of 35%, but we can confirm that the correct amount of bonus experience and gold, 35%, is now being granted after this hotfix. There's also been some bug fixes. Fixed an issue where living steel chests could be looted multiple times. I can see that would be a problem. Fixed an issue where players were not receiving the title for completing the season journey. Oh my god, that's terrible. Game updates. The acquisition rate of Living Steel has been adjusted. Living Steel chest in World Tier 3 increased from 1 to 2. There is an additional chance for 1 to 2 extra Living Steels to drop. Living Steel chest in World Tier 4 increased from 3 to 5. There is an additional chance for 5 extra Living Steels to drop. All other Helltide chests will additionally grant 1 Living Steel in World Tier 4. Here's some bug fixes. Fixed an issue where the Living Steel chests could not properly spawn. 
gone. That might make it hard for players to get them. Developers note part of this fix was to remove living steel chest guardian monsters. This improves the functionality of the chest for the time being. However, we would like to bring the guardian back once we can ensure the interaction does not cause this issue. Fixed an issue where some players could be prevented from logging into the game with an error code stating the season is over. Oh my god. I think people would rage over that even more than they would over the treasure goblin thing. Fixed various issues where players cannot properly complete season journey objectives. There's also in here, and this is by Sarah Hansen over on Blizzard Watch, and I have been, you know, looking at this particular article for a very long time because I have a tendency, especially in season two, which is the first season I actually got into in Diablo 4, playing a rogue and having a pretty good time. There's side quests everywhere. It's all those little exclamation points and it'll say, oh, go here and talk to this person. And then you try to figure out where the next part of that is and this sort of thing. So... This is written by Sarah Hansen, and it's titled How to Find the Side Quest You May Have Missed in Diablo 4. I think I've read this before, but if you're stuck and you don't really know what you're doing in the game right now, like I kind of feel like I am. I'm just running around doing side quests, and it's been fun and interesting and weird and, you know, very Diablo 4 kind of stuff. So here's what's within this article. Frequently missed quests in Fractured Peaks. There are a total of 35 side quests for a total of 700 renown in Forgotten Peaks. The following 10 quests require a little looking around. Here's some of the names. Better Days, it uh, triggers the Legacies of Light's Watch zone item. Uh, Exorcist Cache, trigger sealed Exorcist Cache, drop from undead enemies, Frigid Expanse. Um, Forgive Me is a bloodied note dropped from Julek, Herald of Woe. Frostbloom is Frostbloom drops from Gathering Herbs found in the Pallid Glade subzone. Gory Display, trigger Warrior's Chain, drop from Khazra mobs or looting from bodies on the ground. It's in the Frigid Expanse subzone. Hungering Bone Cache is dropped from looting from bodies on the ground. Icebound Geode goes on from here. And uh, then there's the ones in Skosglen, which I've been working on a little bit. I don't think I have all of them. There's only 47 there for a total of 940 renown in Skosglen. The following seven quests require a little looking around. Many quests in this zone have a minimum level requirement of 20 to see them so there's um, a different beast and the trigger is broken totem drop from looting slain druid corpses it says a little more on where to go uh, the prerequisite is the wrong hands and it just kind of goes from there there's brega's chronicles a history of Skosglen, drop from kazra or wildwood enemies there's no prerequisite for that message in a bottle washed ashore bottle item on the shore Prerequisites none. Ravenous pred Predators Offering triggers from Ravenous Predators Offering dropped from Looting Slain Wanderer Corpses. Uh, this is in the Wailing Hills. Goes on from there for a bit. They also have all these quests you probably missed, and I probably did too, in Dry Steps. And Hazawar, or Hawazar, I keep saying this wrong because I'm dyslexic. I can't help it. Um, Kedjistan has a bunch, 35 of them. And so that's that's what that is. And I think they updated it fairly recently-ish, like in October maybe. So that's one to hang on to if you're running around trying to do the current season and you just don't know where to go. Then, you know, look at these and do some of those. When I played Diablo 4 fairly recently, before I started playing Diablo Immortal again, just for the heck of it, I did kind of seek out all the exclamation point quests, you know, because I just wanted to see what happens. Like, what are they going to tell me? And how's this going to end? And I just thought it was like an interesting story way of doing things. So that's what I've been doing with that. And I'll see what else I can do when I get back into the game. Going back to Wowhead, we have another article from Jez Artros. 
It is titled Reign of Arrows Rogue Endgame Guide Now Live Diablo 2 Season 2. I've been playing a rogue, so I'm probably going to take a good look at this one eventually. Uh, here's what is written here. Looking for a different flavor of endgame build to try out the Mother's Blessing XP event? Take a look at our Reign of Arrows Rogue. Now, I do have Reign of Arrows on at least two of my rogues. And the one I'm playing in the season is... Uh, started off with knives and a bow of some kind and she like my first rogue you know had had a crossbow or different kinds of crossbows but I don't think I gave her any knives and I didn't know what to do with traps yet my second rogue I started because I was getting really frustrated with the first rogue because it was during that 1.1.1 patch that really just screwed everything up and so my second rogue had started with knives and then eventually started using a crossbow and then started doing traps. My third rogue, who's in season two, um, started with knives and uh, also a crossbow. But the thing is with this one, you know, like my first two, it's like you could like shoot at stuff or whatever and it would just stop when there wasn't anything left. But this rogue just keeps throwing knives for some reason in general directions where it looks like maybe there'll be monsters and can shoot a crossbow really, really fast somehow. This one's at like 54 right now, I think, and I'm probably running out of stuff to do in like the normal level, so I'll have to see about that. But uh, that said, Reign of Arrows, the only time the rogue I just described uses Reign of Arrows is if she's on a horse, runs into a mob on the road, jumps off, and Reign of Arrows follow her from the sky. And I can't figure out how to make that not do that. I mean, it's cool because it does help you knock over whatever, like, I don't know, Kazra or whatever in your way. But yeah, that's kind of a, it's kind of a thing. It's really kind of a thing. There's a build guide. There's a video here. There's somebody's rogue in here that uh, is posted on Wowhead. And then there's all the little descriptions. You can, you can actually scroll over what this particular rogue is using. So it's Shadow Step followed by Shadow Imbuement. Poison Imbuement, Reign of Arrows, Puncher, and Rapid Fire. And I've got some of those in my build, not all of them. There's also a Precision Marksman thing and a Preparation. Every 100 energy you spend reduces your ultimate skills cooldown by 5 seconds using an ultimate skill resets the cooldowns of your other skills. Um, Reign of Arrows is fast-paced, and it just tells you what you need in here, so you can just look it up if you want to, and I might have to do that unless I want to still kind of like bumble around in D4 and do the story stuff. Going back to Blizzard Watch, everything we know about Uber Duriel and the other new endgame bosses in Diablo 4, written by Liz Pat. I'm not sure what day this was written on, but they do have some information. So this one is, um, let's see, these bosses... It will offer new challenges for players in worlds tier 3 and 4. While you'll be able to fight these bosses in both Eternal and Seasonal Realms, the Diablo team cautions that they're not for the faint of heart, so be prepared for tough fights. And of course, new bosses mean new loot. Each of the five encounters has a loot table that includes cosmetics and unique gear that only drop from that boss. And Duriel also drops uber uniques. That means you can farm encounters for the specific loot you want, though it will take some effort to summon the boss you want, particularly Duriel, who requires materials dropped by the other uber bosses. So they're talking about Grigor the Galvanic Saint, the Echo of Varshan, the Beast in the Ice, Lord Zur, uh, Echo of Duriel, and you know, there's just some description in here about how you do some of these or what it's going to do to you when you get there. Going back to uh, X 
formerly known as Twitter. I'm just going to keep saying that because it seems like all the news sites that talk about Twitter say X, formerly known as Twitter. So there we are. There's a post from Adam Fletcher, and it has to do with the Mother's Blessing thing. And this was on November 20, so we're a couple days behind there, and uh, or ahead, depending on your viewpoint. And Adam Fletcher, who is Pez Radar, says, Hi all, thanks for the heads up on this. The team is working on this right now, and we plan on a quick hot fix this afternoon to knock this up to the correct 35% bonus. The tooltip may still require a client patch, but we can still get the back end all fixed up. Apologize for this. Apologies for this, Diablo 4. And um, somebody has a screenshot that was embedded into that post. And there's a box that says, The fleeting gift of Mother's Blessing grants a 25% boost to experience and gold earned from monster kills, which is supposed to be 35%. And it looks like they did get that fixed. Blizzard Watch has an article titled, Mother's Blessing Event Returns to Sanctuary This Week and Provides 35% Bonus to Experience and Gold in Diablo 4. So it's definitely the 35%, but the tooltip still says 25%, so I think people are going to be all angry about that. But it's, it's actually 35%, so anyway. So this one is written by Christina Tama. Uh, goes by uh, Calcius, something like that. Rejoice, residents of Sanctuary, for this week Lilith has once again deemed us worthy of a boon to our gold and experience while adventuring. Until Tuesday, no November 27 at 10 a.m. PST, Diablo 4 players will receive 35% extra gold and XP, regardless of whether they are playing on the Eternal Realm or playing their Season 2 characters. This Bonus extends across all world tier difficulties, so there's no need to move up or down to take advantage of it. Mother's Blessing comes at a fortuitous time as the game itself is discounted for Black Friday. So someone starting new will get an extra boost for their character. For those already playing the game, the extra experience will help get characters ready for when the new endgame Abattoir Challenge Abattoir of Xur opens on December 5th. And since these bonuses stack with the experience changes implemented with Season 2, players will also have an even easier time working their way to level 100 in preparation for the Abattoir. It will also provide a boon to those who have yet to tackle the new endgame bosses due to low-level characters. While it's easy to get distracted during this holiday week with all the sales and family responsibilities, Abilities, those of us still partaking in the Diablo 4 experience have a strong reason to log in. For anyone else who stopped playing during Season 1 or early in Season 2, now is the perfect time to return and see the new features of Season 2, including Hunter's Acclaim rewards, Vampiric powers, and the return of class-specific malignant rings from Season 1. Goes on from there a little bit. And I believe in the last show I talked about different books, like uh, Book of Tyrael, Book of Adria, this sort of thing. Well, there's another book that is um, on Amazon, and it's titled Diablo, the Official Cookbook, Recipes and Tales from the Inns of Sanctuary. It's a hardcover cookbook with uh, different foods sitting on the front of it. And it was posted there on November 21, 2023. So here's some descriptions of this thing. Take a culinary journey through the dark fantasy world of Sanctuary with Diablo, the official cookbook, a flavorful compilation of recipes inspired by Blizzard Entertainment's iconic series. Journey through Sanctuary and prepare to feast on over 60 unique culinary delights inspired by Diablo in this one-of-a-kind cookbook experience. 
It's a cookbook experience. Okay. From the humble town of Tristram to the towering Mount Ariat, you will learn how to survive the horrors of this dark, nightmarish fantasy world by enjoying delicious dishes from the burning hells to the high heavens. Each immersive recipe features straightforward step-by-step instructions, mouth-watering full-color photos, and pairing suggestions, as well as numerous substitution tips. Whether you've whether you're cooking up a lavish banquet spread fit for a countess or some vittles for a solo quest, Diablo, the official cookbook, brings the flavors of sanctuary to your table. There are 60 recipes. Um, some of these are specific dishes that were inspired by locations like Kegistan, Westmarch, the Dreadlands, a bunch of other things, and also from monsters and enemies such as the Butcher, Diablo, Deckard Kane, and Archangel Tyrael. There's also dishes for every skill level with step-by-step instructions and beautiful photographs. Learn to make incredible dishes to satisfy even the hungriest barbarian. Now, I think this is cool that they made it because there are a lot of people that really do like to cook, and I've seen in the past, over the years, I think there was like a World of Warcraft type one where people were like, oh, hey, this is the book and this is what I made, you know, that kind of stuff. And they showed pictures back in the day on, you know, Twitter before it became X and all that. For me personally, I think it's cool that it's out there. Um, I have so many food allergies, though. There is no way I'm going to find anything in here that's going to actually be safe for me, even with substitutions. But if if you like to cook, this might be the thing for you because it, it just looks like a really cool like, the image on the front is really cool, and then there's, like, it's got a cover, and it's got, like, this table, this wooden table with all of these different kinds of food on the table, on plates and knives and forks and stuff, and there's some candles in the background. It does have two Inaria symbols on either side of the candles, which is kind of interesting if you already know what that symbol is. There's also um, a, a portion here that has the same cover. It's, like, part of the cover, but it's just the food there, and it says Diablo recipe entails from the Inns of Sanctuary. Then there's another one that has a recipe for Port Town Potato Crusted Cod, which, you know, I might actually be able to eat that depending on what's in there, but I'm not going to take a chance. And there's a ton more of stuff. There's a uh, cheesy rand pie from who knows where. The writing is very small on that, but it's interesting. So if you like to cook, this might be the thing for you or for a loved one who plays a lot of Diablo games and might want to try this out if they like to cook. Wowhead has written about... Lucky Luciano's Toxic Shock Rogue Abattoir of Zur Build Guide. It was written uh, by Jez Arturas. It's a Diablo 4 thing. Um, it almost looks like there's a video there at first, but I think it's just like a screenshot from the video that he made, meaning Lucky Luciano. With the Abattoir of Zur launching just around the corner, players are looking for the best builds to conquer the new endgame challenge, and this time rogues are in the spotlight. Lucky Luciano has created a build that's sure to rip through the Abattoir of Zur and gain you all the rewards to be found within. Take a look at his build video to know everything you need to emerge from the Abattoir with a brand new glyph. There is a video embedded in here. So it's using Smoke Grenade, Twisting Blades, and Aspect of Shared Misery. Um, and it just keeps going from there. The build is an easy to understand in an easy un- to understand video format, but for those who prefer reading a guide, there's a link so you can look at that just from there. And then the last thing is about uh, Diablo 4, and it's written by Matthew Rossi, who's an amazing writer. 
and it's titled A Diablo-Themed TTRPG is in Development, but that's all we know. Glass Cannon Unplugged, primarily known for adapting game properties into board games like Apex Legends, Frostpunk, and Dying Light, is currently developing a Diablo board game and Diablo TTRPG. And if you missed this one, don't feel bad because I did too, said Matthew Rossi. A Diablo RPG would seem to be Glass Cannon's first move into TTRPG design, and it will be interesting to see how they tackle the project. The company is currently surveying players to see what we want from such a game, and I encourage you to comment, parentheses I already have, he wrote, and tell them the kinds of things you want to see in a Diablo TTRPG. This isn't Diablo's only foray into pen and paper tabletop RPG play. There was a source book and a long-form adventure for Dungeons & Dragons 3E set in the world of Diablo 2, all the way back in 2000. But we even saw an original Diablo TTRPG live play at BlizzCon Online in 2021, run by Matt Mercer. But Glass Cannon's upcoming game is the first standalone Diablo TTRPG using its own system, and the sheer scale of what's possible with the world of Sanctuary in a tabletop RPG format is pretty exciting to me, writes Matt Rossi. You could run a campaign back at the dawn of the world when the angel angels and demons who fled from the eternal conflict had first sired the Nephilim, or a game set in the period of time when the ancients saw their descendants turning into humans due to the power of the world stone. There are mage wars or the sin wars. We could even get in to see the dark we could even get to see the dark exile of the three primes to sanctuary as members of the original Herodrum. An entire campaign where your group actually plays through all the trials and tribulations of hunting down the three demon lords and halt their rampages across the world. Just thinking about all this makes me feel a little giddy, I'm not going to lie. Heck, we have the whole period of time between Diablo 3 and Diablo 4. What was going on in the aftermath of Malthiel's wiping out most of humanity? And I guess, I'm, I don't think the thing is live. You know, I, I know I saw like an ad and I think I put that in the show, last show I think, or previous show, whichever way you want to look at it. And it's just, it seems really interesting. It looks like they're working on the game and planning a Kickstarter campaign in 2024. So that might be kind of cool. Now, if you don't know what a TTRPG is, it's a tabletop role-playing game where everybody gets together either in person or online. You could do it that way too. And I play a lot of TTRPG games with my friends online on Twitch mostly, and then it ends up on YouTube and things like that. But it's, um, you know, you sort of, become the character and some people will go really far with that and like use a lot of makeup or clothing that they think would make you know the if you're doing this online on twitch say to make it look like you know who your character is and kind of what they're all about and things like that but you don't have to do it that way you can just sort of play a character anyway and wear whatever you want in many cases so i think there are probably going to be a lot of people who play Diablo 4 that have played previous Diablo games. I mean, I started with Diablo 1 way back in the day, and that was back when I was playing mostly a rogue. I did play all the three of the classes, and you could shoot through the bars and kill the enemies inside there so they couldn't get you. I remember that. That was fun. But you know, now I'm playing a rogue in D4, so I guess the whole cycle has just returned. In any case... Um, it would be interesting, and if you do have friends that really like to play TTRPG games, um, you know, you can buy the book or get it off the Kickstarter. It's unclear exactly how that's going to work out or what it's going to cost, but I'm kind of interested, you know, I'm kind of interested. There was another game that felt very Diablo to a friend of mine who runs a lot of these games, and I kind of looked at it, and I can't remember what I did with it because I tend to lose things when I'm tired. So this one might be better. Because it's going to be like 
all that lore you could pull in to make your game exciting and you wouldn't necessarily have to have a group of people who know everything about the Diablo world and Sanctuary and all the demons and angels. I think it'll be exciting and I'd love to see anybody really online to do that, to get a group of people and just like run that through, you know, and and get some ideas for if I want to try myself sometime. And that's going to be where I'm going to end this one today. I hope everyone who had a Thanksgiving experience with family had a good experience. I know that doesn't happen for most of us in general, um, but this is what we've got. And I'm going to end the show here. You have been listening to episode 435 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter at Shattered Stone, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening. somewhere in nope. sa- why nope what did you do what did you do what the fuck did you do nope. I didn't know I didn't know you were gonna you were just gonna jump right into it like that I hadn't actually pressed the record button oh yet my God. but it's rolling now so. <laughs> well there's a fucking outtake <laughs> yeah okay are you ready now yeah it's okay. already going <laughs> Okay. <clears throat>